I've never been good at making life decisions based on economics. Are you ready to have kids? Like we got to be ready or financially, like we got to be financially ready or we got to be in a, a good place. I'm willing to give up some of those exact same feelings that I had about some financial goals or even like just kind of life goals. And I've got a daughter going off to college this year, you know, for the first time. That's not something I've always had to like kind of step out into faith and, and lean into like the thing I was doing. Hey guys, I'm Young, a full-time dad and a full-time professional with the goal to become the best parent possible. The Girl Dad Show is my journey interviewing fellow working parents aspiring to be both good at work and parenting. I'm going to do this by gathering and sharing unfiltered perspectives from my guests. So join me as I research parenthood one interview at a time. This episode of The Girl Dad Show is brought to you by 212. Among the many things that I do, I'm also an angel investor. The two biggest mistakes I see founders make when they come to me for investments are one, they don't have a clean cap table, and two, they're unable to clearly articulate how my equity will dilute over future rounds, and more importantly, what my ROI will be when the company exits. It's very difficult for me to make my investment decisions without these data points. 212 solves this problem for both me and the founders. For $240 a year, 212 offers an incredibly powerful cap table management and valuation modeling platform. It is by far one of the most powerful productivity tools I've seen, and I highly recommend every founder sign up. Modeling convertible notes, safes, price rounds, pro rata, liquidation preferences, and exit events is a breeze on 212. Founders can then easily share all these complex calculations and what-if scenarios with investors and close their round much quicker. They're also giving my listeners 25% off their first year's membership costs if you use the discount code TGDS at checkout. And if you're a founder or investor, you should absolutely get on 212 as soon as possible. It's an absolute no-brainer. Dilution is real and complex. Cap table management is confusing and expensive. You need to get on 212 today. What's the point of building a successful company you don't own? Dennis, welcome to the Girl Dad Show. Thank you for joining me today. Yeah, excited to be here, Young. Thanks for yeah. having me. Yeah, absolutely. Let's jump right into it. So why don't you tell the listeners what you do for a living? So I currently work for International Justice Mission. And in any other organization, I think uh, you'd call me a major donor fundraiser. At International Justice Mission, they call me a director of strategic partnerships. But basically, I work with donors to help fund our mission, which I'm happy to get into what that is, but really connecting their passions to the work that we do out in the field. Yeah. Can you actually break that down a little bit? And is sure. that intention? And also when you're breaking that down, can you also share why they named it that way instead of what the donor? That's before, yeah. That might be before my time. I can give you, I can give you some, <laughs> I can give you some ideas. Um, uh, yeah. So, so, so international justice mission, um, is the largest anti-slavery organization in the world. So we work in 23 countries and growing around the world, um, primarily working within the justice system uh, to trans help transform those justice systems to actually protect the people that they're meant to protect. So mm -hmm. most of our clients, so victims uh, are victims of violence in countries where the justice system has failed them, whether that's at the police level or within the justice system itself with whether it's attorneys or, or uh, just legal proceedings um, uh, or even like getting, you know, getting convictions to, to stick um, on perpetrators of, of primarily slavery, forced labor, human trafficking, and uh, sexual violence. 
Um, so what I do, um, I don't, I don't do that side of the work. I don't, I don't work on the pro programmatic side. What I do is I work with folks who have a passion for seeing an end to this problem um, and who also have resources to help us with an end to it. So I really, um, I, what I don't do is I don't try to convince anyone that, that this should be their cause or that this should be their, their issue that they take up. Um, what I really do is figure out what's, um, what's really important to them and to their family and then really connect that to the work that we do in the field and then ask them to, to make an investment. Um, and so half of my job is kind of working with um, folks that are currently giving to the organization and really support our work. And many of them have been champions of the organization much longer than I've been there. So some of them know way more about the work than I do. Um, and then the other half of my job is to go find new folks who want to join the fight and who really you know, care about this cause, but, but don't know what they can do about it, um, uh, you know, having resources and, and living here, um, they really, really want to feel like more connected to to the work. So I help facilitate that. It's amazing. And I also think that it's like so interesting because you um, didn't grow up or, you know, you didn't grow your career down this track, right? So if you don't mind no. sharing with the listeners kind of like how you landed in a job like this, because it's, it's very, very um, amazing uh, when you announced it and very inspiring, to be honest, because uh, you kind of came from the opposite side of the spectrum a little bit, in my opinion. Well, hopefully not opposite in that I was uh, perpetrating any crimes. <laughs> oh, sorry. Not in that. I meant more like in a sense of like being, you know, a hustler and like entrepreneurial. Yeah, and, I know what you mean. Yeah. yeah. So and, and so, yeah, it's interesting. Yeah. So I'll, I'll, I'll kind of share yeah a little bit of my, my background and then kind of what led me there. But yeah, so I spent the last 15 plus years, most most of my adult life as an entrepreneur in, in one way or another. Um, uh, and most recently, I, I, um, for since 2009, I started an insurance agency, which then transformed also to, a, to like an HR technology consultancy and also built some, mm -hmm. some SaaS products for the insurance industry, um, all kind of focused around small and medium-sized businesses. Um, my passion in that was was always kind of building um, sales and marketing, um, and so that's where I kind of would find my entrepreneurial outlets, even in even in an industry, frankly, that sometimes would be pretty boring, like health insurance, employee benefits. Um, really found my my niche in figuring out kind of what was broken and helping try to solve those problems for for small and medium sized businesses, particularly for like folks just like sitting in HR like wondering how best to help their employees. So that was mm -hmm. kind of what, what drove me in that business. And uh, there's a longer story there, of course, but in 2017, I made a conscious decision, actually probably made a decision about 2016 to sell my, my company. Um, I had had a couple of unsolicited offers uh, that I kind of went down, down the road on. And that really set my mind into a space, uh, you know, 2014, 2015, where I started really thinking like, oh, if I sold my business, what would that look like? What would I do? Mm. And um, by 2016, I'd made the decision, you know what, I'm going to, I'm going to exit my business. I had a few ideas, but I didn't really have anything that I landed on. Um, kind of in the meantime, um, my wife and I had learned about International Justice Mission. So the organization that I work for now, we had learned about them through somebody had uh, spoke at our church like 10, 10 years ago or so. And 
when we first learned about the work of International Justice Mission, frankly, my first response was like, slavery, that's not that's not a thing. Like, what do you, what do you mean you, you know, fight slavery and other in, you know, around the world. Um, uh, but as I started to dig into it over those kind of next 10, 10 years or so, I really started to see what a massive problem this is worldwide. Mm. And, and then, you know, whether you, whether you kind of refer to, to it as human trafficking, we can get into some of the definitions or, you know, any of that, but human trafficking, slavery, um, <clears throat> sexual exploitation, um, once I really started to dig into it and kind of see what a massive problem was, I, I couldn't really find anything more offensive to me personally. So when you mm. say like, how did you kind of transition to this work? You know, if you kind of fast forward, um, this was kind of placed on my heart as like a cause of our day. Um, and I feel like there are a lot of, there are a lot of great causes that people support and, and yeah. I don't try to diminish any of them, but for me personally, um, and I didn't have like a personal story, you know, I hadn't been exploited or, or kind of experienced this crime. But um, for me, I think what it came down to was um, that nothing was really more offensive than um, commoditizing a human being. Mm-hmm. You know, as a, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a Christian and, and I don't think you have to be a Christian to, to, um, to think that this is pure, this, this is pure evil. But for yeah. me, uh, as a Christian, you know, my belief is that we're created in the image of God, the Imago Dei, mm-hmm. right? That, that, um, that's how he created us. And so to me, what is more offensive, um, to, to a God who created us in our image than, than to turn us into a product than to turn us into a, mm-hmm. a commodity. And I think that's the, really the root for me of, of like where my passion started coming from for this cause. And so what I, what I first did was just started like giving some money, um, and finding other organizations that were kind of, um, uh, in the fight for this. And the deeper I got into looking into this, I really found that international justice mission, um, really had solutions for like the entire spectrum, everything from raising awareness about the issue to investigating the crimes, to actually gathering Intel to mm. rescue those victims to like the then, systems. yeah, exactly. To like, yeah, to like then to bring people to justice and then to provide aftercare and restoration to survivors. And there's a lot of amazing organizations working on like probably a singular piece of that. And where ju- International Justice Mission focuses is primarily around that justice piece, around the justice system. Um, but they also kind of have a solution for the for the entire um, trajectory of, of victims and for uh, bringing perpetrators to justice, um, wow. which is really where we, we see like the the end of this hopefully is is when governments kind of own that protection of their citizens so when i started kind of thinking about what was next after selling my company i always kind of thought like oh someday i'd love to work for an organization like international justice mission maybe that's something i do in retirement Mm. and you know what the only thing i think i could do is probably raise money or do something like on the marketing marketing side yeah um and so when i sold my business um i just started talking to international justice mission. It wasn't a right fit. The timing wasn't right kind of for either of us. Mm-hmm. Um, so I went and started another business. Um, I started a business, uh, basically, uh, helping my ex competitors in the employee benefits and HR space, um, sell, sell more products, uh, yeah. whether it was sell more employee benefit packages or mm-hmm. HR consulting. Um, and did that for a couple of years. Um, and then, from there, uh, really started to like just kind of lean into that that push for more meaning. I, I kept thinking to myself, did I sell my business so that I could show other people how to do 
my old business. There's mm. that's it was great work. It was really fulfilling. I've got a lot of amazing relationships out of it. But in the end, I was I was still just feeling like I don't think that's why I sold my company. Um, yeah. I had just kind of accidentally started this this other business, um, and uh, I also kind of in the midst of that had a pretty significant medical event. Um, uh, you know, we we can we can get into that a little more deeply, but it really impacted the way that I started thinking about um, what the heck I was doing with my life. You know, I think I think uh, guys guys and w- women probably of a certain age come to a point where you start asking yourself like what do I really want to do? What's really important to me? Um, uh, I'm in my mid forties, mid to late forties at this point. Mm-hmm. And I started, was asking, already asking some of those questions. I was watching a lot of friends around me asking these same questions. Some of them, you know, went to, to pretty like bad answers to those questions. And, and we all know like those, those stories. Um, other ones just kind of were kind of stuck. Like, well, I guess this is just what I'm, this is just my, my life now. Yeah. And I kind of had this blessing of um, of a pretty significant medical event that really led me to a place where I was down on my knees, um, like saying, like, like, where are you, God? And like, what, like, 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 I'm all yours. <laughs> like, like, I just, I didn't know, like, I was like, kind of at the point where I didn't know what else to do. And I came through that and out of that. And um, in that process, I, I, was talking to my wife and I was like, you know what, if an opportunity arises with international justice mission, um, I'm going to pursue it wholeheartedly. I'm going to go, I'm going to lean into that, go after it. And it's probably like six to eight months later that somebody that I had connected with there posted um, a position on LinkedIn. um, And I was like, all right, I got to put my, my money where my mouth is um, and take this leap. So I went for it and I reached out and it was a good two and a half, three month process. Um, But uh, a year ago, this past August, so um, so just over a year, I accepted the position with them and and have um, yeah have been doing this this ever since. And how about your how about your medical situation? Has that been somewhat resolved, or are you? Still- That's been told. Yeah. So yeah. So and I you know I share I share this story. I'm not shy about the story because I I think it's it's a tale for. So I um, like I said, I'm in my mid 40s and my my physician recommended uh, an early colonoscopy for me um just some really like basic symptoms that like i think most guys you know wouldn't even necessarily necessarily talk about with their doctor and and i was feeling just really anxious um in general so that's why i was talking to my my physician i think i was just feeling like not you know not right in my heart frankly about kind of like like what, you were what doing. I was doing with my life. I was That's just right. in a lot of anxiety. And so I ended up talking to my physician and he was like, well, one of the things, you know, given, given everything, like, you know, maybe, maybe go get a col- an early colonoscopy. And, and, uh, and I was like, really? Like, you think so? And he's like, yeah, sure. Go for it. Um, and lo and behold, they found a pretty significant mass, a tumor oh. in my colon, um, not a polyp, but a massive tumor. So that led into, um, uh, having, uh, surgery to remove as a colon resection re- removed about a foot of my colon. Um, and there was a time frame for, it was about a month or so where I didn't know if it was cancer or not. They, the, the size of it was every medical professional was telling me even along the way when they were doing like what they could with it, 
early on when they initially biopsied just like a piece of it and things like that, every time they were telling me, well, we haven't found cancer yet, but at it, at, at its size, it's probably cancer. Like mm. it's going to be cancer. Likelihood. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so I was, I was really in a state of mind where I was like, is this, you know, is this, is this it? Like, is this the, the thing? And it, that's what really brought me to my, to my knees was like, like, oh my gosh. And then not knowing, like, I really just didn't know. And, and when they yeah, coupled find... with the fact that you just sold your business, which has been like kind of your, your driving brand, right? Your identity for, I mean, decades. This exactly. is just like a, there's like a perfect storm of all these different things that are just going to like kind of stir in the pot for you. That's exactly right. I mean, I, and I, and I, you know, hindsight is 2020, you know, I, I, I couldn't see it all clearly at all when I was in the midst of it. I was just like, what, you know, what is yeah. happening? And, uh, and had the surgery and, um, and got the call from my doctor about a week after the surgery saying we biopsied every, every bit of it, chopped it up into a million pieces and <laughs> you can't, and it's, there's no cancer in it. It was nice. on its way. It was on its way, but it's, it's not there. And, and so, you know, I don't tell this story as like, you know, oh, I'm a cancer survivor or anything like that. I'm, I'm, I'm a guy who went, went through some shit and, yeah. and, and came through the other side. Um, and found yourself to and, a certain degree. Yeah. yeah and found, and, of duty here. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, you know, and I, I know there's all kinds of stories. I don't claim to like, this is the, the, the craziest story that happened to anybody or anything like that, <laughs> but it's just for me, it really, it really, like reposition kind of my heart and my mind to, to think about like, what, like, what am I really doing? And I want to be clear about something too, because as I, as I kind of thought about this and told this, this kind of journey, I don't think for me, it's not like, Oh, now I'm, now I'm doing the good work or like, finally I'm making an impact or anything like that. I, I was doing that. You're, you're doing that. I mean, we're all doing that in our lives every day. Like we can make an impact wherever we are. It's not like, Oh, I, even you say like, you know, you made this, you know, this big pivot or whatever. For me, I was asked, I kept asking, like, how can I get involved in this work? How can I go deeper? And I felt like the answer back to me was like, just go do it. Like, put, <laughs> like, like I, like when I said, put my money where my mouth is like, that's really yeah. how it felt. Like it was more of a challenge to me. Like, just go do it wherever you are. And if that's yeah. what you say you want to go do, like if you want to go help a, a organization like IJM or any of the other great organizations working on the issue that you claim to care about, it's right there for you. Just go do it. And I felt like that was really the answer I kind of kept getting back all along. And I was the one being like, well, yeah, but I, but I need, it needs to be a job or it needs to like, somebody needs to tell me how to do it or whatever. Even, even with like my entrepreneurial mindset and my like yeah. my jump in attitude. Um, so for me, even like taking this, I guess I just like, I'm coming to some clarity that, you know, it's, it's not like this organization or even this work that like, like provides me with with impact it's it's really finding like what it is that you say you want to do and then and then actually going and leaning into what you say you want to do like are you actually like living out like the values that you that you've like announced whether internally or to your family or to to your friends and said like this is the thing i care about like okay then go then go do that thing and i feel like that's yeah. the opportunity that i've been given here in this in this role for for this for this time period, you know, as an entrepreneur, right. I, I, I never say, I never say like, never, I never say like, this is it. This is all I'm doing for the rest of my life. I'm not good at that. So I'm like, this is where I am for right now. And I, and I, and I want to lean into it wholeheartedly. Yeah. I mean, I know we got introduced um, by Jason and that's kind of how we met. And I met you when you were uh, navigating a very successful business and uh, we were leveraging you for your expertise and advice. Um, 
And um, recently when you um, made the switch, Jason and I had really good conversations about it, you know, about how amazing that was and, and what would we do if we were able to, you know, sell a business or, you know, be able to have that ability to kind of reset and restructure, you know, your life or what you did. And um, it was really, really um, a fun conversation. And it's kind of funny that you, you sparked that in us. Because we had that conversation. It's almost like the lottery question, you know, where, you know, you like ask those with like icebreakers, if you won the lottery, what would you do? But it's like, yeah, if you had, if you had this kind of like success point that we all look for as entrepreneurs, right, which is acquisition or some sort of exit strategy, what do you do? And, and, and to watch you jump into this role and kind of follow your heart and passion and, and find yourself in that way was just a really great conversation starter. And I honestly haven't stopped thinking about it since. Right. And I still kind of to this day, like still trying, I don't know what I would do to be honest with you. And I I feel a little bit bad because I'm not entirely sure I would join a cause or a nonprofit, but I definitely know that like, it is something that is part of what I want to be. And I want to be a part of, um, you know, society in a very meaningful way, but it's just an interesting, it's just an interesting choice that you made. And it's very inspiring. It's very, very inspiring. Thanks for saying that. You know, I, I, I appreciate that. And, and I would, I wouldn't tell anybody like, oh, like if you're looking for meaning, go join a nonprofit. Like you really got to figure that, like figure out that's where right. your meaning is and, and what you're doing. And and that's something that I wish I had understood better, uh, even when I was doing what I was doing. You know, when I had a successful yeah. insurance agency, and then even this like this B two B marketing agency. You know, I, I I wish I had had a little more self awareness that the thing that I was looking for was actually like right in front of me and available yeah. to me rather. And I, and I don't wish that like, so I wish, you know, I hadn't have made this jump or whatever. I just, I just wish I had like had a, it's, it, it's like a, a bit of maturity and hindsight that, that I think I've developed more recently than, than yeah. what I had, like, you know, the, even the separation of like the work you do versus like, impact like as if those two things are separate as if like you know yeah can can i ask a very personal question yeah. because i think the biggest draw for me making the comment about like not sure what i would do if that came to be is because there's a certain sense of like f- financial needs that i that i actually say financial wants i definitely can surpass my needs i have certain financial wants that limit me from wanting to make that decision if that makes any sense and so yeah the more personal and direct question I have for you is do you feel that because you had that you know good exit that you were able to make a decision that was more um focused versus diversified that's a really fair question um and I wish the answer was was enthusiastically yes no I mean I I so when I sold my uh and I and I won't be as transparent to talk about like yeah yeah. actual actual uh figures but I will be as transparent (laughs) to tell you this that this give you some idea. Like when I sold my company, um, when I when my wife and I talked about it, you know, I was like, you know what, I'm gonna take two years off. I'm gonna just mm-hmm. gonna figure out what to do next. Um, that was about kind of the runway that I would have maybe set up for my for myself, and that wouldn't have depleted everything. But it, but I couldn't retire. I couldn't yeah. say I can do whatever I want now. And that wasn't right. the purpose of selling my my business either. I knew that. I knew, I actually knew that if I had stuck with my business, I could have gotten to that point. If I had stayed right. with it or if I had joined, you know, a couple of other opportunities that I probably had, um, I kind of saw those as options. For me, um, it really took some work for me to say, all right, I'm willing to give up 
some of those exact same feelings that I had about some financial goals or even like just kind of life goals. And I've got a daughter going off to college this year, you know, for the first time. And um, like the time, like, like I've never been good at making life decisions based on economics. Um, I, I, for for better, for better or worse, I've, that's not something I've always had to like kind of step out into faith and, and lean into like the thing I was doing. I'm going to slice that as our intro video clip. That was beautiful. <laughs> that's a really great statement. Let's actually switch gears and talk about your kids. Do you mind uh, sharing with the listeners uh, how sure. many kids you have and who they are and how old they are? Yeah, sure. I've got three three kids. Um, so my oldest is uh, 18. She's headed off to college this fall. Um, uh, our middle child, she is 15. And she uh, she's... Field hockey player, uh, loves hanging out with her friends, very typical 15 year old kind of, kind of stuff. And then our youngest, uh, is a boy, uh, and he is 12 and he is, uh, just a like flip and trampoline monster. Like he's, he's really into gymnastics, but the version of gymnastics where like he can just work really hard on learning a new flip or a new trick or something and then just get really good at that thing. He's not, not a, not looking to join a team or, you know, doesn't care about like, uh, like competition. He just like loves doing it for himself and, and competing against himself in that. So it's awesome. Yeah. And what do your kids think about you switching your career like this? Yeah. You know, um, because my kids, uh, have, have seen kind of the way that I, that I constantly as an entrepreneur was like onto, onto something new, even when, even in, you know, in a business that I had for years, I was always kind of trying new things in it and um, getting excited about something new. So, so from that part of it, kind of the, the switching or the career pivot, um, I don't think was as big of a deal to them. Um, When my wife and I would sit down and talk about like the financial implications of, of this career change and the potential financial implications. Um, I think, you know, some of it is kind of like, well, why are you doing that? Um, Hmm. uh, And so like it kind of opened up an opportunity to kind of share, you know, like, well, here's why I'm, why I'm doing this. Like, let me tell you about, you know, these kids in in another country that, you know, um, and so getting to share, share some of that with them. um, They've never been unsupportive. They've, they've, they're there and and to be frank like their life hasn't changed dramatically i mean we we've always kind of you know uh tried to kind of maintain you know kind of a a healthy a healthy sense of what's what's possible like financially and traveling and and all of those things and our family's always put a ton of um uh a lot of our resources like that we use for our family, we put it on like experiences and, and travel. And guess what? I took this job during uh, COVID-19. Mm-hmm. Guess what? We couldn't do anyway. <laughs> so, right. um, so our life, you know, changed more dramatically from that because that was one of the things we were do- like, we, we, our kids have been to Europe multiple times for, for long stretches. We, in my previous uh, jobs, I always made sure that I could do it from anywhere I wasn't good at taking vacation per se, but I was really good at, at working while traveling. Um, mm-hmm. And my wife had always had, and I had always had that kind of deal. And, and so, like 
like with the kids, that's what, if anything, that's what they saw. We're not a, like, we're not a big stuff fam. You know, we, I mean, we have nice things, <laughs> you know, we don't, we don't live in, in an impoverished life by any stretch, but for our kids, it was always more about experiences and unfortunately COVID-19 kind of took care of that for us. So <laughs> they didn't see like that big of much a change. Yeah. yeah. Much of a change in jumping into this, this work. And they get why, you know, they get why I, dad, dad wants to go do this. Um, it's awesome. Yeah. And that also sound like they're old enough to actually be able to share some of the um, reasoning, but also even some of the work that you do and, and give them some context. Um, that's gotta be yeah. a wild conversation to have with your kids. Just, just, you know, being able to like expose them to just how bad the world can be quite frankly. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And it is, it is something, you know, to, for, for they're at different ages and different, they have different kind of mindsets and different, you know, they all engage kind of in their own, their own way. So, um, it's not something, you know, I'm not like, Hey, I'm in this. So you guys need to be in this too. This has to be your cause. Um, but I want them to be aware, you know, aware of it and, and find those opportunities without kind of pushing it on them. Like here, here's dad's thing. You, you guys need to care about this to really just like find opportunities to kind of open them up to it so that they can kind of see like, Oh yeah, this is a real, real thing. Cause it's really, it's hidden from us over here. Right. I mean, we talk about human trafficking and, and it's, and it's a problem in the United States, but it's still, it's a very hidden problem even yeah. here. And, and then when it's, you know, thousands of miles away um it's it is hard to actually connect even for me yeah. to really yeah. like feel super connected to the work sometimes yeah and then also coming from um just the changes that you've made uh in your career trajectory and kind of the focus of it i'm sure that you have also adapted a lot of the other aspects of your life so if i may how do you qualify success as a parent uh, and has it changed since you've taken on this new job so as far as success as a parent, oh man, like, you know, asking, asking somebody to, you know, define success without like either sounding self-deprecating, like, you know, I suck at this or showing you what an awesome dad I am because yeah. I'm on the girl dad show. So I gotta, <laughs> I gotta, I gotta be inspirational. Um, That's right. That's I feel right. like, you know, it's like walking that balance, but I'll just tell you, like, when I think about Six, what success has meant for me. I mean, I mentioned how I set up my business so that we, so that I could work from anywhere. Um, that was all driven by like wanting to just be around with my kids. Um, uh, right after my wife and I got married, um, uh, I got to, we, we went, we went and visited some friends of hers and, uh, some, some friends of her parents, I should say. So they were the, the next generation. Right. And, and, they had had, I think they had like three or four kids who were, who were growing like our, you know, were our age. And I remember sitting at breakfast with, um, with the dad and, and we didn't have kids and kids weren't really even on our radar yet. We were newly married. And I remember one of the things he said was that he made, he made some career choices like early, early in his kid's life, um, so that he could be around when they were mm. around. Not to like, go do like necessarily ha like we're going to go do this thing together. We're going to do this project together, whatever. His whole thing was, I'm just going to, I want to be available when they're available. When they get home from practice, I want to be hanging mm -hmm. out at the table so that, you know, and finding those like moments of connection. And that always 
always stuck with me probably a because I was already kind of wired that I didn't want to work like a 40 hour a week nine to five job in an office I never I never really understood that um, yeah. uh, anyway but but really like so when I think about like when I look back now my daughter's 18 so you know been a dad for for 18 years um, when I kind of look back at like what I think was successful about that and what I tried to do when I, when I think what I think I accomplished was being around like just having lots of time. Um, and we talk about quality over quantity, but I mean, I think quantity is like a thing and I don't think it's a, I, I sadly, I don't think it, it is available to everybody. I don't think it's like, Oh, you just need to spend more time with your kids. I know that's not an easy task. And so I'm not here to say like, this is what you should do. But for me, that became like the thing, like, am I around? Do my, do my kids just consider me like part of the furniture sometimes? Yeah. yeah. Like, that's just always kind of around. A level and of like being taken for granted is like success, a factor of that. Exactly, exactly. That's amazing. That's, the yeah, baseline is super high then. Yes, exactly. So yeah, so I think to me that like you just hit the nail on the head, like being taken for granted is the measure of success. Like for me, that is that is what it has become. Now, do I have to reach to like, find those other ways to like really make a connection like oh get interested in what they're interested in you know like yeah sometimes that's a challenge sometimes it's my my oldest daughter is is into cool ass music and yeah. i love cool music like i yeah. always like am a music fan that has been like an easy connection point for me right um my daughter is like super into getting her nails done and um like trying out like all different things that is not something that has been like like a clear winner for me but like she gets so like excited about it into it like i want to hear more about it and like you you know so like when i think about like those like first just be around like find like be available to to them but then yeah. but then really um like being into what they're into like and i've worked i've worked hard trying to get my kids to be into what i'm into and it does not. It does not work. <laughs> That's good to know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, because I'm I have young ones and I'm trying really hard to get yeah. them. You know, some people them. some I see some some dads who are really good at that. Like, hey, like they like this football team. Like I'm not yeah. I'm not suit like I'm not a big sports guy. But like yeah. you know, that's one of the points of connection that I see with like a lot of dads and kids, whether it's girls or boys. And and I've never you know, I've never really had that I didn't have that growing up either. Um so, so for me, it's like the things that I'm into, you know, I was into music, I'm into fly fishing, uh, I'm into like entrepreneurism and marketing and stuff like that. And, uh, you know, I've tried different angles with my, I thought, you know, I was into tennis when my, when my girls were born and I was like, my girls are going to be star tennis players. Yeah. I was never, I was never that good. So I wasn't going to be able to train them, but <laughs> it's yeah, like, exactly. you know, maybe they'll be into that. So, yeah, that's great. And then on the inverse side, Dennis, how do you qualify success uh, in business now? Yeah, it's, um, man, I'm figuring that part out when you talk about the business of uh, like philanthropy, because, because for all the similarities that I thought, you know, and, and do somewhat exist in between like typical sales and marketing, inter, you know, B2B, enterprise, it's all, it's all relational and like the relationship is everything. Uh, that's true in like, industry and business but it's like the thing in philanthropy like it's there there isn't much from from for a job like mine like mm. if i can't like build a relationship with somebody where we actually have like a trusting like open you're getting deep into 
like not just their passions and what they care about but their like like finances too like yeah you know like so that's right so so i would say now like i consider success like really like opening myself up to like the real relationship and and having that reciprocated like being able to like really make that relational connection with somebody where they're actually interested in sharing their passions with me and that I actually like really am like moved by that and and can be like a resource for them to help them connect connect those passions back I would say like prior to this role um a lot of it was around more like typical metrics like for me success I was I, I think I you know what I used to say back when I had my um, insurance agency, um, what I used to say is like my business is like 50% income, 50% lifestyle. Like I would kind of like, when people would ask me kind of like what the goal of my business was or whatever, like I, I the lifestyle was super important to me. And so like, you gotta have finances to, to have, you know, a lifestyle um, of, you know, in that, in that context. Um, mm -hmm. But the ability to kind of be of like, go to kids games and travel when you want to and take off, you know, the afternoon to, to go do something like that's the, you know, and just have hobbies. And, and so what, for me, success in business was creating margin. Like, and I don't mean profit margin. I mean like margin in my life. Like mm. when I, when I had margin to like meet somebody for coffee to like deepen a relationship with somebody like that was like, I was success. I felt like success in my, like I had one in business when I could meet like a buddy who was like going through something for, for coffee and like hang out with them or when, or when my buddies, you know, are like, Hey, let's, you know, our favorite bands playing in Chicago. Can we, can we all like converge on Chicago for a couple of days um, with very little notice? Like, you know, to me, that's like success, like to be able to, wow. like, to like jump and do those kind of things. On the other side of that, it was, you know, like I, I ran an insurance agency. It was really important that like, like for me, success with, with my clients was for me, it was always when they said something like, I never understood this before. And it seemed, it's like so simple to me now. Like I loved being the person who took complexities and distilled them down to like simpler things. Uh, the metric of like money was always there. I don't want to pretend that like, oh, the money didn't matter. It absolutely mattered. Mm -hmm. It just wasn't, it wasn't the only thing because I would have had to give up all the other stuff that was really valuable to me to go after like the bigger, the bigger money. And, and some people might be really good at like balancing that in a different way so they can like, you know, make a ton of money, but also have this, like the lifestyle they wanted. I just was never really able to do it. I wanted to, I, I wanted, I wanted to, I like to work hard, but I also uh, love having that margin built in to kind of That's be great. available. It's awesome. Yeah. yeah. Thank you for sharing that. Dennis, I'm going to start um, my rapid fire questions here, if you don't mind. I like to ask the yeah. same four questions to every guest, and I want to start now. Sure. Um, so what advice do you have for other parents and soon-to-be parents? So I would say it's going to be okay for soon-to-be parents or brand-new parents. Um, when, I, uh, when, my, for, when my daughter was born, uh, my first daughter, uh, I remember living, we lived in a tiny, tiny little house. And I remember after the parents had left, it was just my wife and I and our daughter like on our own. And I remember feeling like 
I didn't know what to do. I'm going to like screw this up so bad. And my wife sent me out to go get dinner. And I remember I went and picked up California Pizza Kitchen. <laughs> I went and picked up CPK for for my wife and I. And I remember walking out of the restaurant with the bag, with the takeout bags. And I saw a dad with a little girl who was probably six years old. And she was alive. And that was all I needed. Like that gave me hope. Like seeing that, it's like, it's going to be okay. Look at this guy. I don't know this guy from anybody. And I don't know his little girl and what they go through and how they got here. But look, at she's alive. And I think I can probably do that. Like, can... <laughs> That's amazing. So it's going to be okay. That's my, that's my rapid fire advice. Great advice. Great advice. If you can go back and tell yourself one thing before having kids, what would you tell yourself? You know, I probably would say don't wait. Um, my wife and I didn't wait that long, but I, but I think like, you know, there's this idea, like, are you ready to have kids? Like we got to be ready or financially, like we got to be financially ready or we got to be in a, a good place. Like if you made the decision to be with somebody for the rest of your life and you want to have kids and it's not the right choice for everybody, but if you want to have children, um, I don't know, like looking back that there's like, a lot of uh, benefit to saying like you, you should wait to have kids. Like, like dive in. Like it's awesome. Like I like my family's everything. And the, the, you know the sad thing I guess about like like having kids earlier is is that that means that they you know take off earlier. But I'm looking forward to all of it. Like I look forward to like every every way along this journey. Um, and so I try not to have like a whole lot of like oh you know if we had. If we had had another kid or if we had waited, we'd have you know longer to do this. I think like I'm hoping the whole thing's just gonna be continue to be an awesome experience. Yeah, it's very sage advice. Yeah, I love that. I, I was one of those people that waited, I think, too long, and I, I do definitely like look back and go, I wish I had started sooner because it's so fun. So fun. Yeah. It absolutely. Um is. what is the most surprising thing that you've learned about yourself after you've become a parent? Well, this shouldn't be surprising to anybody but me, but that it's not about me. Um, <laughs> yeah. um, you know, even in the story I told about like, you know, it's going to be, it's going to be okay. Like I was worried about like what I was going to do and what I was going to do wrong or right That's or right. whatever. And, and you know what, like, uh, you know, maybe the cliche is it takes a village or whatever, but like, there's a lot of people that speak into my kid's life and, uh, a lot of like support around whether you know hard support that we you can see and touch and feel and you know it's there and soft support that like you never even really like understand that it was kind of always around um and i think like yeah it's not it's not just about you like um it's it's not about it's not about me like it's 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 about the kid and and the community and and a lot of factors that are out of your control too awesome and then to close us out here What's your all-time favorite business book? I know a lot of people like highlight this as their favorite business book, but it really is my it is my all-time favorite business book is The Hard Thing About Hard Things, um, Ben Horowitz. Like that's that to me is like the only business book I've read where like they they just they they're not trying to solve a bunch of problems, you know? They're not trying mm -hmm. to tell you like what it takes to be successful. They're just really honest about like the yeah. struggles you went through. Um so yeah, that's been, that's probably been my number one for, since I read it years ago. It's awesome. 
Kindred Spirit. That's my favorite business book as well. So oh, awesome. I, I knew I liked you. Okay. <laughs> Good. Yeah. Dennis, thank you so much for taking the time to be on my show and sharing so much about your life and family and business with us. Really appreciate yeah. it. Yeah. Thanks for having me, Young. This has been awesome. Great. Awesome. I'll talk to you soon. Thank you. All right. Yep. Thanks. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of The Girl Dad Show. We really hope you enjoyed that interview. And as always, please take a moment to review, rate, and subscribe. We'll see you next time.